Good morning and welcome everybody. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Man, sorry, I'll turn the microphones on a little bit too early. Well, I was, I was just clearing, clearing my throat, <laughs> ready to speak and Mon Mine has already... Bad. Push the button. Sorry, sorry. A little over eager to get on the radio this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's because we miss you guys. And because I want to say happy birthday to Emery. Yes, happy birthday, Emery. Did you forget? No. Okay, I was going to (laughs) say. Well, I may have forgotten for a little while, but I remembered before you said that. Okay, good, 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 good. (laughs) I I should say I was reminded. It's an important Yes, so Emery is my son, for those of you who might be wondering. And it's his birthday today. Yes, youngest son. It's also Emoji Day. Okay. And it's also the fiftieth anniversary of the moon landing. Yes. So, you, do you believe that happened? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I see how it is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a I conspiracy don't. theorist. I, I, this is Ever. one of my favorite conspiracy theories, and I'm not. I'm not sure I, I believe it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got to believe in uh, one crazy conspiracy. I'm pretty yes. sure this one's mine. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I think you should swap to flat Earth. No way. So much more fun. Never going to happen. So much more fun. It's so much more plausible that the, that we didn't make it to the moon than the Earth being flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you grateful for this morning, Lyle? What do you think I'm grateful for this morning? Your sun. Yes. Was that, was that the answer? <laughs> I was going to say the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, him too, right? Uh, I'll go with my son. Yeah, yeah, good call, good call. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty special. Yeah. yeah, how old is he now? I don't know. He's she's twenty two. Twenty two. Okay. Yeah, right. I remember because I put on a scavenger hunt for his twenty first, which was last year. I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's somewhere in there, right? Yeah, yeah, there's some <laughs> somewhere in. Well, the I, used to, I used to be vaguely aware that there were shorter people living in my house, but now I'm vaguely aware that there's some <laughs> taller people who have left my house. <laughs> oh wow, you're a crack up. Um, yeah, I am very grateful for sheep. Right. Yeah, really, really grateful for sheep. Yes. Because they produce yarn. And no, I love yarn, Lyle. No. I love it so much. put me out of my misery. <laughs> this is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Was clear, the price was high, sin was found, and I must die unless by grace the price was paid, and at his feet the note was laid. Hope was gone. How could it be that a sinless life could ransom me? Well, I was not worth what it would cost, and would this king pay for the lost? And what great love! My King would give Himself to set me free. 
train in heaven for sinners plead. A king's ransom was paid for me. Well, my chains are gone and I am free. Jesus paid it for me Well I'm so amazed And by His sweet grace That the King of glory Took my place And what great love That Christ my King Would give Himself To set me free Traded heaven for sinners plead. A king's ransom was paid for me. And what great love that Christ my King would give Himself to set me free. For He traded heaven. Sinners plead, a king's ransom was paid for me. He traded heaven just for me. A king's ransom was paid for me. Welcome back, guys. That was the Harper family with King's Ransom here on Faith FM. Mon, what have you got for us for a clue for the quiz? Okay, so today's quiz is a Who Am I quiz. Uh, the first clue is this. Pharaoh imprisoned his chief baker and his chief cupbearer in my house. Pharaoh imprisoned his chief baker and chief cupbearer in my house. If you know who that is, give us a call. Our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. If you prefer to text your answers, you can do so to uh, 0491-064-669. The correct answer, of course, first correct answer will win the prize this morning, Breakfast Bible Prize. Lyle is writing down answers and he is incorrectus. Mm. Okay. Yeah. See so where we go with it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually. I will actually dispute this one. Are you going to dispute this one? Mm-hmm. You're going to have give a, you a Bible time. verse for it. I'm, it's not going to happen, Lyle. Okay. You're going to lose this disputation. 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 Is disputation a word? Uh, it is now. Welcome to Monica Knees. All right, Lyle. Yes. I have the most incredible thing to share with you. This is like this is blowing my mind. So there's uh, research has just come out. Um, showing, oh, I can't believe this. I'm even a little bit speechless, but I'm really happy to be able to share this. I want you to have a guess, right, at how much the average person complains. Mm. How much? How, how often they complain? Like, as in percentage of words, or let's say, like, how many times, like, how many per day, times day. a day do they complain yeah. about something? Yeah. Hmm. Let me go with. 15. 15 times a day. Yeah. 
Researchers have discovered that the average person complains about once per minute. No. Serious. I haven't complained all day yet. Serious. And I mean, this sounds like this may sound like a shocking figure, but it actually makes sense because complaining can apparently be very tempting. It, like it feels good to complain. Um, it's a, it's a way to instantly connect with anyone. And this is what I struggle with. Like when I meet new people, like you might be, you know, you're sharing information about each other. You might be like, oh, have you tried, you know, soy milk? It's really delicious, whatever. Um, but it's often when you say, oh, isn't this terrible? And then there's like, oh, yeah, I hate that. And that's like a much more connecting oh, it's activity. True. It's so true. Yeah. So when you meet new people, there's often like this whole spell of where you complain about stuff together um, that connects you. Um, and also when it comes to our brain, complaining is often the neural pathway of least resistance. But this is a crazy thing. Um, a, a, Stan- a Stanford study has come out showing that complaining for just 30 minutes a day can actually shrink your brain. Wow. Complaining no can way. literally shrink your brain. Um, so this is actually really not great uh, because you know I don't. I'm, I'm getting older. I want to <laughs> enhance my brain capacity. Well, it kind of goes along with something that I was going to share a little bit later on this morning, where dementia is the second biggest killer in our world. So yeah, can start complaining and you are done. Yeah. Well, this I, I was like, you know, praise the Lord that we work for Faith FM, positive positively radio. Right. Yeah, yeah. We talk about positive things all every morning. Yeah, and we encourage people to, th- to think about what they're grateful for, and we ask each other what we're grateful for. Um, so I was really, gra- I was really happy that we were doing, without even realizing, something against the shrinkage of people's brains just here on the radio every morning. Yeah, we we we, we have uh, we have benefited your health. Exactly. We're increasing your brain, enlarging your brain. Um, so as a species, I mean, there's obviously... There's two In fact, th- I was talking to a, uh, a regular listener. Sorry for butting on. I was talking on, to a regular on. listener yesterday, um, and uh, and she told me that she only listens to Faith FM now. So, oh, yes. Good on it. Um, we, we, we love our regular listeners. And she said that the thing that she appreciated the most was our positively different... Thankfulness every morning where we get to say what we're thankful for. Amen. Oh, by the way, you can always text us what you're grateful for. We love reading the text about um, what people are grateful for. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We don't always share them on air, but we love hearing about what people are grateful for. Um, but yeah, Lyle. So there are obviously two different schools of thought here. Um, there's the evolutionary one. There's a creation one. Um, and the scientists, you know, who have done this study obviously believe in evolution. And, uh, and they said that as a species, humans have developed what they call a negativity bias, um, which is, you know, as a, a means of survival. So it's a tendency to focus on negative or threatening things like the possibility of predators lurking in the shadows or whether or not a newly foraged food would be poisonous. Whereas people like us who believe in creation would be more likely to say, well, you know what? We're just rat bags. We're affected by sin. Yes, that's right. I was going to say, uh, scientists have actually discovered that we are, we have a sinful nature. Exactly. That's surprise, exactly surprise. Um, yeah. And so, uh, Nevertheless, like we managed to maintain throughout all our ancestry, wherever you believe we come from, uh, this cynical streak, this compl- this form of complaint. Like, look at the Israelites; they're such they're so famous for their murmuring and their complaining. And um, I kind of wonder how much their brains were shrinking because they were really famous for their for their complaining attitudes. Um, you know, of course, it's not all bad. So uh, apparently a good venting session can provide a temporary sense of catharsis. But you need to realize that while that feels good in the moment, um, just like a lot of other bad habits like smoking, drinking or like eating copious amounts of ice cream all at once, like uh, complaining, constant complaining, consistent complaining isn't actually good for us in the long term. Um, 
And they uh, they found that uh, participants who were instructed to complain for thirty minutes each day uh, displayed a significant decrease. Oh, this is a this is a part of the brain, right? So it's called the hippocampus. You've heard of the hippocampus, right? It's a part of the brain. Uh, yeah, that's just. <laughs> <laughs> You're smiling and nodding. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lake somewhere where hippos camp out. <laughs> not even remotely, but nice try. It's a part of the brain that's responsible for formation of memories, learning and emotional processing. So you're telling me that I have hippos camping in my brain. You might have a few. <laughs> You're a bit of a fathead sometimes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but that's that. unfortunately, that's the part of your brain that's decreasing, like memories, learning and emotional processing. That's the part that's being shrunk. Wow. So the, the more you, you complain, sh- the more negative and miserable you are. Yeah. Like the less memory you have, the less capacity to learn, and the less you are able to properly em- process your emotions. So you're so actually focus on the power of positivity yeah. this morning. Well, I'm going to hit you with what these scientists have given us. Um, they gave five simple tips to avoid complaining, to stay positive, and to rewire your brain for the better. So, and the, and you will not believe the first tip they've given. Watch the company you keep. Oh, really? Watch the company you keep. Isn't that incredible? And the Bible speaks about this. So as only well. hang around with positive people. Well, you know how it is. You know when you when you when you hang out with a negative person, they complain. Yeah, everything. they're complaining, and you just join in straight away. Yeah, but do you know what? Like after a whole day of hanging around with someone who who moans all day, it, you're exhausted. Like it's depressing. Mm. Um, yeah, so negative people can can really drag you down, um, and they can absolutely affect the mood of of yourself. So catching a mood is a real thing, and uh, and even though we like to think we're really strong, oh, that'll never happen to me. I'll I'll overcome their mood with my good mood. It often often doesn't happen that way. We're way more spongy than we think. Uh, so scientists have studied this and they've named this phenomenon emotional contagion. And uh, so it's basically how individuals swiftly adopt the mood of a group. Uh, so even if you're in a bad group, you might want to you know pay attention to who you're with. Uh, so, and the way to identify this is to start paying attention uh, how you feel before, during, and after interactions you have throughout the day. And then if people are you know negative and they're making you feel negative, you don't want to think think about why it is it making you feel negative. Another uh, tip number two they gave was swap your butts for ands. So instead of saying oh blah blah, blah but. And and they said it's actually surprising um, to change your conversation because but is usually like you've said something positive, but you're not about to temper it with something negative. But if you focus on saying and, it's, you're more likely to add another positive aspect to whatever it is you were saying. So switch your butts for ands. Very simple. Uh, use an empathy hack. So apparently we're all, you know, we're all human. We've all got blind spots. Um, but a great way to diffuse frustration, can, um, which can lead to com- um, complaining, is um, through recognition of our shared imperfections. So next time you find yourself frustrated at someone else, uh, just ask yourself, am I capable of doing something the same? Like, have I done this before? Like, what, were, what were my intentions when I'd made that mistake? Uh, and what would I want others to understand about my actions in that moment? So if someone's stuffed up and you're angry at them, think to yourself, do you know what? I'm also human. I'm perfectly capable of making that mistake as well. I'm not going to assume really, the worst. Really, really important yeah, point. Yeah. Number important four, point. this one's really good for us. Get your gratitude on. Woo! Yes. Um, and text in to Faith FM 0491064669. Share your gratitude story with the world. They will literally help your brain function better. I can't even stress this enough. Looking out the window, you know, and just 
picking out everything in the picture that you can think of. Be grateful for sunshine, trees, whatever it is. Start with that and work your way up. And the last one, they said philosophize this. I like to say turn to the Bible because, um, you know, they said don't worry about things you can't fix. But the Bible says, Matthew 6, 34, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So turn to the Lord, ask him for help. That's the greatest verse for dealing with anxiety. Absolutely. Sometimes this crazy world can make us all feel bad I sit and watch the news and just get sad We need to stop and smell the roses in the ground Get out today, spread a little love around Talk to a neighbor, volunteer a favor Help out a stranger when his car's broke down Give your wife a kissin' When your kids talk, listen It makes a lovely sound Spread a little love around You know it don't take much to make somebody's day A kind word, a tender touch goes a long way We can change the whole world if we start in our hometown Get out today, spread a little love around Tell your mom you love her, bear hug your brother Treat your sister to a night out on the town Throw the ball for Rover Welcome back, everybody. That was Linda Shelton with Spread a Little Love Around here on Faith FM. And we're going to have another clue for the quiz. And then we're going to do something a little bit different. But uh, quiz clue first. Mon, what have you got for us? Okay, so this is our Who Am I quiz. Don't look at the card, Lyle. Cheater, cheater. Um, who am I? Clue number two. Hey, don't even stretch around. <laughs> who am I? Clue number two. I was one of the Pharaoh's officials. The Captain of the Guard. Give us a call if you know who that is. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Lyle finally has it correct. Are you still going to argue with me on the first point? I'm thinking about it. I'm going to look something up in the Bible in a minute. Okay, well, we'll see how. We can argue about it off air. But if you know who it is, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. And uh, you can win the prize this morning. 
Okay, so normally right now you would be hearing from me with my news story of the day, but we're doing something a little bit different because we are super privileged to have one of the busiest people around the place, uh, Peter Watts, in the studio this morning, and he is about to run off to the Creation Science uh, program down at uh, Avondale College. He doesn't want to miss out on a single solitary lecture, and so we said we, we, we let him do the interview of the day first. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. It's good to be here. Morning, Mon. Yeah, morning, Peter. You did that on purpose, didn't did. you? <laughs> so one of our microphones is missing because it's also gone to the Creation Conference, and so we're three people trying to juggle two mics, and it's not great because today is the one day I forgot to bring my toothbrush and brush my teeth. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing my nose doesn't work. Uh, but anyway, um, Peter, very quickly tell us, uh, the creation uh, conference began yesterday. How well, was it? It was great. Uh, it's actually called the Faith and Science Faith conference. and Science, that's right. And yes. uh, I like the sort of combination of that is because um, the two do not uh, have to exist exclusively. Um, science and faith can live in the same room. And um, we had some uh, really great presentations yesterday, and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen today, tomorrow, and Friday. Who spoke yesterday, and what did you hear about? Okay, so Dr. Sven uh, Ostring spoke yesterday. Ah, regular here on Faith FM. Right, okay. And um, he was talking about um, the... uh, the boundaries, the paradigms within which science is generally done. In other words, it's a very um, materialistic worldview. In other words, the supernatural is, at, is ruled out uh, you know, from the get-go. In other words, you're only allowed to investigate within the paradigm of naturalistic methods. And so, um, so in other words, if you were looking for a miracle, you'd never find it by that method of science because that method of science rules out the possibility of a miracle in the first place. So if you're looking for evidence of miracles, you're going to... What he brought out, which was really interesting, is he said, in order for us to discover whether a miracle has ever occurred, we would need another miracle today. In other words, we'd have to have an interaction with a supernatural uh, Mm -hmm. experience in order to know whether a supernatural experience had occurred. Um, which is fascinating. Uh, anyway, uh, that that's part of what he had to say. He had many other things to say. I'm sure he did. That's a, that's a deep thought right there. <laughs> it is. In fact, I think I've got Sven coming on the show tomorrow, so I might ask him about that. Uh, okay. Did you say Sven or Sen? <laughs> I couldn't remember which one he said. Ross Grant also spoke. And, um, and then Anthony McPherson also spoke, and he talked about um, a couple of Old Testament characters and their approach and their... Um, Willingness or otherwise to accept the authority of the word of God and what happened to them. Uh, he talked about Zedekiah uh, and he talked about um, Daniel and, mm, and, fantastic. What, and what happened at the fall of uh, Jerusalem and so forth. So. And uh, Ross, uh, Dr. Ross Grant, we, uh, we've, we've had him here on the show a few times as well. Mm. Um, what was his subject? Uh, he was basically doing an overview. So he basically touched on uh, a wide range of topics. He did the intro, if you like. Um, he was the first presentation, and so he covered a lot of different subjects, and he said, we'll be hearing more about that subject from this person. Okay, so this was your, uh, yeah, your, yeah. your A little bit of an program. overview. Yeah, 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 sure. Fantastic. All right, sounds very exciting, and you're going to have presentations there all day today. Yeah. Um, is there space for last-minute people to turn up? Uh, good question. I... Don't know the official answer to that. Okay, so the official answer is probably a seat or two, but I'm not sure how you would. The um, official answer is give us a call on one eight hundred three two four eight four three, because we know people. Oh, do you? We do. Well, you know me. 
But that, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, like I'm not going to be able to get you in at all. I, I'm a guest at that thing, and I'm very, uh, very happy to be there. But you come on Faith FM every now and then, do, whereas I Dr. Sven Erstring, who's actually uh, organising this, comes on every month. He's a regular. He's a regular. Yeah. So we know people. Okay. We have connections. Well, then, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, we can, can make talk, things happen. You could talk Give to us him. a call. We can make things happen. <laughs> all right. Um, now, you were talking a moment ago about miracles. Mm-hmm. And you're about to start your own series of presentations. Yes. Uh, which will take place... Friday at, night. That's right. This Friday night, Gilston mm. Heights Community Centre. And so if you are in the Newcastle, Central Coast, uh, Hunter... Um, region. region, anywhere around there, anywhere within an hour's drive of Maitland, because Gilliston Heights is just outside of Maitland, um, then have, head over to the community centre there where you will be presenting this Friday night on the subject of Does God Exist? That's right. Well, it's part of a broader series. So I'm doing a series of meetings called Is God For Real? Yes. And this Friday night I'm opening up with uh, a session called Does God Exist? And it's it's a series of apologetics. And what does that mean? That means uh, basically looking at the evidence for the existence of God and uh, what difference that makes to uh, not only our worldview, but our actually experience in the world. What, you know, does it really matter whether God exists? Um, and of course, this is a very... I guess there's two questions there, really, isn't there? Mm. Number one, does God exist? Right. And number two, does, it does he have any interaction with us? Right. You know, if the supernatural exists, yeah. does it does it does it make a difference to you and I? That's right. And, and uh, this is particularly, I mean, this is a series sort of born out of my own experience because um, I came from a secular background. I uh, didn't believe in God. I, I would have called myself an atheist. Um, I believed in evolution. I went to state school. This is so all in the question, UK. Question. Yeah, the UK is a, is a secular country. Sure. Is it more or less secular than Australia? Well, that's interesting. I, I, I was going to say that uh, Australia is probably com- comparable. I think that. What about amongst the indigenous population in the UK? Well, I think it's very, very interesting. If you if you had a form, an official government form, and people were filling it in and said, "What religion are you?" A lot of people would fill in Christian. But in other words, if you're born in England and you're a native English person, then you're probably going to call yourself a Christian, even though you don't practice Christianity at all. Right. So um, it's something that you like to add to your title because it makes you sound moral. I'm, I'm sure that look, I'm sure that different people's experience of growing up in England. Is different, but sure. my experience of growing up in England was that I grew up in a secular home. In that, God was never mentioned. Uh, the Bible was never taken seriously. We never prayed. Um, we we weren't um, that way inclined. And and I went to state school, so I learned evolution from all of through my schooling. And I was you know convinced of evolution and atheism in my teens and into my mid-twenties. Were um, you convinced because you actually purposely studied it or because that was uh, the worldview that you had grown up with? I think it was a bit of both. Uh, like, every, you know, all of my friends and families, their families were similar. So it wasn't um, – I think I would describe England probably as a post-Christian nation. Um, That's interesting because when you look back to the, you know, the Great Reformation of the 16th century, it was kicked off, uh, say, in Germany, but England was one of the countries that really picked up that torch and ran with it and has produced some of the greatest men that our world has ever seen. You know, Sir Isaac Newton and people like that coming out of of the UK 
and giants in their field, but giants in their in their faith as well. Well, even even before Luther, of course, you had um, John, John Wycliffe, Wycliffe yeah. who who is the first to translate the Bible into English. So we can, you know, we can thank him for having a Bible in English. But and, and Luther traced, you know, eventually, uh, you know, traced a lot of what he believed back to uh, to Wycliffe and Huss and Jerome and right. so forth, and suddenly discovered, you know what, I actually believe the same as them. Yeah, I think. Look, I think that uh, in my uh, generation, I sort of grew up. Uh, God was part of the past. And so um, what we were learning at school uh, didn't necess- God was not necessary. In sure. other words, we had developed a scientific approach to life, the evolutionary approach that uh, said, you know, God is not necessary. He doesn't have to be in the picture. You can believe him if you want, but this is the way life really is. And um, and I, I guess, like most people, I sort of didn't feel the need for God. I didn't. I mean, you know, I was growing up. I was, you know, pretty young. But then in my mid twenties, I had an encounter with God. Um, and that changed uh, my view entirely. Okay, so we've talked about this before. I want to hear this story again. Okay. Um, because uh, we were talking about miracles, and, and uh, Dr. Sven Erstring was talking about miracles earlier. Sure. You've experienced a miracle in your life. Mm. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about the big one, the big one. Tell us okay. about the big well, one. Well, I had been uh, – so I left school at 16. I began work as a car mechanic, uh, worked in a car factory for a little while. Then I worked at a cocktail bar te- as a cocktail bartender in a restaurant in the UK in Birmingham where I lived. And uh, I'd, I was there for four years doing that job. And about a year after I started working there, another guy came who had been raised in a Christian home, who had been raised with the knowledge of the Bible and did indeed believe in God and the Bible, even though he, he, he himself would admit he wasn't exactly practicing Christianity at the time. Nevertheless, he would talk to me periodically about things from the Bible. And I thought this, this was a little bizarre. It was like out of the blue. You know, we'd be working in the bar and he'd say something about God. And I'm thinking, well, where's that come from? Like, this is, this is you know, fairly weird. Leave me alone. Um, but we became good friends and we socialized together. And some years uh, after that, we were outside. Uh, we had left that work and we were doing other jobs. But we would continue to, to connect. And uh, he would, you know often try to show me something about God or something from the Bible. And I remember being at his house, and uh, I think it was a Sunday. Uh, it was a Sunday, and he uh, opened the Bible up, and he was showing me about, you know, there's uh, lots of geological evidence around the globe that the world has been flooded. Yes. And the Bible talks about this global flood in the time of Noah. And, uh, and I was saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I sort of give him the time of day. Um, but uh, he said, and at the end of the flood, God put a rainbow in the sky as a uh, promise that he would never again flood the globe as he had at the time of Noah. And I remember I said to Steve, I said, uh, oh, that's interesting. I never knew uh, the Bible said anything about rainbows. I mean, I didn't know anything about the Bible at all. I didn't know the Bible said anything about anything. And uh, the next morning, it's Monday, I'm driving to work in Birmingham, uh, through the middle of town, uh, it's raining. That was not unusual. But across this is Birmingham, the, this is Birmingham. the UK. That's right. <laughs> and uh, but I've been there. It uh, rains. It does rain. <laughs> and so this was not uncommon. However, across the middle of the road uh, was the brightest, most beautiful rainbow I had ever seen, and I burst into tears. Uh, when I saw it, which was very uncommon for me. And I pulled over to the side of the road because I was crying, and God spoke to my heart. I find it difficult to uh, adequately explain exactly what happened, but I, I knew that moment 
two things. I knew God existed and I knew that the rainbow was there for me. And that was a very powerful experience for me because I was not going to work that day looking for God. I was not, I didn't feel a need of God in my life. Uh, there hadn't been any other experiences in my life that had led me to believe or to to search or seek out. I wasn't actually interested in what Steve was wanting to share to, with me. Um, but that was a very powerful experience. And from that time on, I then, when I was with Steve, I would be interested to know what he wanted to share from the Bible. And that began my journey. How old were you at the time? I would have been, ooh, let's think. I would have been probably 25 yeah. It worries me when you think that long to try and figure out how old you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have been 25. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But up until that point, you know, the the day before, had you asked me, I would have said I'm an atheist. Yeah. My brother still says he's an atheist. He's two years older than me. Um, and uh, he's always been an atheist as far as I'm aware. I mean, he, you know, he'll prominently say I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. and, uh, and your friend? Oh, my friend, he is uh, an elder in the church now in the UK. Okay. Um, so he so is, he got his life back together. And yeah, yes. Yeah, he has a, a beautiful family. And uh, yeah, even, um, you know, his parents who uh, had drifted out of the church when he was growing up, which is why he wasn't engaged at that time. And um, But he uh, he shared material with his mum and dad, and they're both back at church. So it was a, it had a happy ending. Yeah, fantastic. Now um, you're doing this particular series, and you've uh, this is not the first time you've done this. In fact, mm. you've been doing this uh, series um, a few years now. For quite how many years you've been doing? Seven years. Seven years you've been doing this series mm. for. So it is uh, variations of it. An incredibly popular series that uh, just keeps coming back by demand, and you've done it in a number of different parts of the world as well? Yes, that's right. We, well, we go to different locations. I don't think I've done this series twice in the same place before yet. So um, we're going to, uh, you know, it's on tour, and so we're taking yes. it to various towns. <laughs> it's and, on tour. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're super excited that we were able to uh, to book you in to come out to share with us at uh, at Maitland with the series. That's um, that's That's fantastic. Well, yeah, it's at Gilliston Heights, which is kind of between Maitland and Curry Curry. Uh, so Gilliston Heights, we're looking at uh, 7 o'clock this Friday. Is God for real? Come along, bring your questions, um, bring an inquiring mind, and uh, we'll be talking about does God exist this Friday. Peter Watts, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We look forward to uh, hearing more from you uh, over the next couple of weeks at the Gilliston Heights Community Centre. This is Cardiphonia Music. Trumpet sound in that morning. 
Cardiphony Music. Oh, when shall I see Jesus here on Faith FM? We're, uh, we're working our way through the show, Mon. Yes, indeed. Oh, oh, oh. And. For a second there, I thought, oh no, he's seen the answer, but then I remembered you actually have already the, have answer. the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we going to have that argument off air, by the way? We, we do. Forgetting. Okay, this is a Who Am I quiz that we're referring to, of course. Uh, clue number three I brought Joseph from the Ishmaelites. Mm, who did that? Mm. You know the answer. Give us a call 1 800 324 843, and there will be a prize coming your way. Okay, Mon. Yeah, what's going on? All kinds of things are going on. The moon is going on. Yeah, the moon. What, what exactly is going on with the moon? Uh, lots of things are going on with the moon. The I moon came outside is, yesterday. Uh, yes. Last night after having finished work. Wasn't it amazing? It was just like a just bright, round, full, and it was just amazing. I think it's putting on a special show for us just to celebrate 50 years since human beings first walked on it. Supposedly. Allegedly. No, of course they did. Come on. Apparently. They walked on the moon. Maybe. Okay. We'll know when Jesus comes. So it's like the... Do I even have to argue this point? I'm not even going to argue this point. I'm just going to talk about how wonderful our moon is. I think the moon is like the most bestest and thing I ever. And I will agree with you on that one. Yes. Okay, so let's it's think about... a good walk on it. Let's think about the moon for a Did you know that life would not be possible on Earth without the moon? I do know that, actually. Did you know that if we had uh, too many moons or no moon, that uh, life would not exist? Or if the moon was a little bit bigger or a little bit smaller or a little bit further away or a little bit closer, it would mess everything up really badly. Wow, we are delicate, aren't we? We are. We are a very, very finely tuned planet. Bunch of snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are a very, One very... One change po- in the moon and we're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's think about it. If the moon was a little bit bigger or the moon was a little bit closer, we would have such massive tides that Earth would be... The, the land masses would be eroded away and all of the land would now be under the sea. We'd have like constant tsunamis. Constant tsunamis like a, every day. The tide day. would be a tsunami. Can you imagine? Yeah, and you imagine, you, you look at how much land is eroded away with one tsunami wave. Mm-hmm. And if that was happening, you know, a couple of times a day, uh, all of the ground that we have, all of the dry you know, land that we have would be underneath the sea. I think we would adapt. I think we would live on the ocean. Yeah, they made a movie about that. It was pretty um, much of a... Fail of an idea. <laughs> anyway, let's think about if the moon was a little bit smaller or a little bit further away. Would that be a problem? Yeah, I, I feel like it might be less catastrophic in terms of tsunami-like tides. Okay, here's what would happen. What? Because what the Earth, is, what the moon is, you got to think about what the moon is. The moon is a pump. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and what it does is it circulates the ocean. It creates the ocean currents and circulates the ocean, um, circulates the water around the world. And if you didn't have, it's, it's like your pool pump. Yeah. You think about it, that's what the moon does. That's its purpose. That's its function. That's what it was created for. That was, that's what it was placed in the sky for. What happens when you switch your pool pump off? Everything starts gets murky and goes green. And yeah. And if you swim in it, what happens to you? You go green? <laughs> yeah. You actually probably go very pale yellow because you're dead. Yeah. You can't swim around in stagnant water. It will poison you and the oceans would die. I, so hang on. How is the moon pumping out the earth? Okay. So basically what happens as the moon goes around the earth, it pulls the water with it. Um, it creates the ocean currents through the oh. tides. And for instance, you'll get uh, very rich... 
nutrient-rich, oxygen-rich water from Antarctica, and the action of the moon uh, sends that water down deep, pumps it up north, and spurts it out in places where it needs to, you know, to regenerate the earth. Now, that is a very clever thing for the moon to do. And also, because not only does it do that with the water, but where that nutrient-rich water goes, the sea life goes as well. That's right. So there'd be no – everything in the if, – if you didn't have a moon or the moon was too far away or if the moon was too small, everything in the sea would die. And, of course, water is the most important thing that there is on the planet other than the sun for sustaining life. And if all the water is dead, then uh, – Life cannot exist. I had no idea. I had so much to be grateful for in regards to the moon today. Oh, the moon is awesome. I had no idea. I was so grateful for the moon. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other thing that's fascinating about the moon. And uh, maybe we can get um, – it'd be cool if we get someone from the Faith Science Conference to come and talk to us about oh, yes. this. But did you know that according to science, the moon does not exist? What? <laughs> now, I'm into a little bit of conspiracy theory, but I'm not that far gone. Okay, so scientists have been able to come up with a working model of how the moon uh, actually exists or where it came from. And okay. so, facetiously, they have said, well, the moon doesn't exist. So, because it's impossible for it to like exist. To it's like they have no idea how it. it came there. They like to think we walked on it, though. <laughs> we walked on it, but okay, it's not so there's, really there. There's, there's four major theories that have been proposed in the past. Uh, the most recent of those was the impact theory that came out in about 1975, and none of them work. <laughs> what? None of them work as to how the moon came into existence. Okay. Yeah, the Bible says that God spoke into exist, spoke the moon into existence. Yeah. yeah okay, that's understandable. That's yeah. easy enough. We get that. Um, and so that's a supernatural origin for the moon. But from the standpoint of science, there is no working model whereby the moon came into existence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's the capture theory, which means that the moon was flying through space all by itself, and it got sucked into our orbit. It got sucked into our orbit and got stuck there. Except it's a little bit too big for that. You know, it's not like a satellite. And wouldn't if it got sucked into our orbit, it wouldn't have collided with the Earth. One would think so, but that doesn't actually solve your problem. Okay. Because if it got sucked into our orbit, that actually hasn't answered the question of where it came from. Yeah, that's right. It just it's, not, it's yeah. just it's just moved it to somewhere else <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. universe. Like I like moved the problem away <laughs> somewhere else in the universe. It's part of the journey, but not the okay. But when it arrived, of course, it was exactly the right size, mm-hmm. and it landed in an orbit, and stayed in that orbit. Exactly and didn't right wobble at exactly the, the right distance away from the Earth so that life could live. Yeah. Yeah, right. But our Earth is not big enough yeah, to right suck something right. into orbit of that size. It, uh-huh. it just doesn't work. There's, there's the, so that one has been rejected by science as impossible. I can see why. Yes. Okay, it gets better. Then there is the accretion model. Accretion? Yes. I, okay. I like using big words. It makes me sound intelligent. But let's hear you define it. Accretion model is where you get material that coalesces okay, and forms a body. So basically, you've got a bunch of junk floating around, right? Yeah, yeah. And as it's floating around, um, its magnetic pull starts to pull it together. Yeah. And so it starts to stick to each other. Uh-huh. And over time, the Earth starts to accrete. Um, and, and so this is how your Earth comes into existence because all of this stuff starts to get pulled together. And you start off with one big rock and other little rocks stick to it and it becomes a bigger rock until until bit, you have the Earth. A bit like the way you make a chocolate crackle. I have no idea what you're talking you about. You rice bubbles and you stick them all together until you get a nice big chocolate crackle. Okay. All right, yeah. 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 All right. So it happens like a, cho- a chocolate crackle. Um, and 
But then, okay, so then what's here's the problem. You've got uh, the moon accreting. I don't know whether that's a word or not. At the same time as the Earth. Um, so it should therefore have the same composition as the Earth. It should be made out of the same material. Yeah, because it's vastly But it's different. not. Okay, so chocolate so where did the moon doesn't yeah, work? Yeah, no. Because it's like you're making a chocolate crackle uh-huh. um, and uh, in the process of making your chocolate crackle, a carob one comes out. It doesn't work, does it? No, that so where the carob come yeah, from? Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and why? And why does why does one why does the little chocolate crackle made out of carob and the big one made out of chocolate? Yeah, man, these scientists got nothing. <laughs> okay, so they they ditched that one, um, <clears throat> and then of course they also looked at uh, the rings around Saturn, which are made out of lots of little bits of stuff that are floating around Saturn. Yeah, and they're not accreting into any moon. They're staying in a nice ring, which is very pretty for us to look at. Scientists, man, they spend so much time trying to come up with answers outside of God. <coughs> okay, so then there's the fission, the fission method. Okay, so here's 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 how your fission method works, right? Uh, so the Earth um, has you know come together and it's starting to form mm. and it gets hot and it's mm. all molten and it spins so fast that some of it spins off. <laughs> I don't know why this is so entertaining. <laughs> it is. It is. It's um, it's it's most interesting, um, you know, spins off eons ago, um, and so you've got the, you know, with, with the debris, the debris eventually uh, coalescing into a moon, uh, but this theory requires that the debris forming the moon begins coalescing, um, in exactly the right place at it. So, you, so you've got to have it spin off the Earth, right, a certain amount. And then it's only going to go so far away and it's going to stop. So you've got to, you know, so that doesn't work either. And then, of course, you got the impact one, um, which is where a planet the size of Mars hit our Earth and broke the moon off. All we need was a Zusted Lord. Man, I can't even get my English right. Zusted Lord. He created it. It's easy enough to believe. I look around. And see my wonderful life Almost perfect From the outside In picture frames I see my beautiful wife Always smiling But on the inside Oh, I can hear her saying Lead me With strong hands Stay Of 
From the breakfast show. Hey, Lyle. Mm? I've got a question for you. Yeah. Is God for real? That's a really good question. In fact, it is such a good question that ex-atheist, devout atheist Peter Watts, is doing an entire series of presentations on that very subject, answering some of life's deepest questions. Are you serious? Can I go to this? You certainly can. It starts this Friday night, the 19th of July at 7pm, and runs every Friday, Saturday, and Tuesday night. Do I have to pay? Where can I get a ticket? It's for free. Simply call 0488. 588955 While I will see you there Hi, I'm Pastor Brendan from Harvey Seventh Day Adventist Church and I'd like to personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am then hold our community worship service at 11am We also organise groups that meet during the week to connect, eat and study the Bible together So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community, come and join us. For more information, you can call me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. their robes that they may have right to the tree of life and enter the gate yes enter the gate they enter the gate of the city immoral denied with sorcerers outside murderers idolaters those who love lies forever too late it's really too late and really it is such a pity and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that hears say come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely and the spirit and the bride say come and let him that hears say come and let Spirit and the bride come, say, Come, the spirit and, and the let bride. him that hears say, Come, and let, the one and let him that is a thirst come, if you are and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. 
This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app.